Hey, hey, you people of Earth, it's time to enter the spoilerverse via our secret portal at the exclusive Arctic Club in beautiful downtown Seattle with our hosts, John and Kenrick and Casey. Welcome to Spoiler Country. Hey, if you're listening to our show for the first time and you're on one of the social medias that we're on, like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, any of those kinds of things, you should always check us out on spoilerverse.com. But if you want to keep up with our latest episodes, you should bring out your smartphone, get into your favorite podcaster, find Spoiler Country, and hit subscribe. Then you'll get all our new stuff. And if you want to reach out to us, you can do that in two ways. You can call us and leave us a voicemail at 707-656-2080. Again, 707-656-2080. Or you can shoot us an email at spoilercountry at gmail.com. Kind of decide what I want to do. How you gotta say it? something. Yeah. Well, something, 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 and welcome back to Spoiler <laughs> Country. I'm Ken Green. That right there is the, well, I want to say the illustrious Mr. Horsley, Horsley with his- I'll take it. His just, I'm jealous of the hair, man. You got hair. <laughs> I'm jealous of the color of your hair. You have color. <laughs> <laughs> you got the hair. I got the color. Together- we don't have the same mother. I don't even know where to go with that. <laughs> Together, we're a hair man. I don't know where they do superhero hair man. Apparently. <laughs> All right. Enough of the shenanigans. Because today on the show, well, it's Sydney Duncan, isn't it? It is. It is. And Casey sat down with them and talked about their book Kill Whitey Donovan and uh, from Dark Horse Comics, and they had a great time. And Sydney was a pleasure to listen to, and had so much insight into not only writing but just about the the current state of comics and and and, and their comic as well. Yeah, yeah, should be a lot of fun. Should be interesting. So we should sit back, relax, and enjoy, and listen to Sydney Duncan in their own words. Alright everybody, welcome again to another episode of Spoiler Country. Today on the show, you guys are in for a treat. Normally we talk to a bunch of big city types from normally the Pacific Northwest because that's where comics are, apparently. But today, talking to a Birmingham native, just like myself. So Sydney Duncan has written several comics, has an adaption in the works based on her comic Kill Whitey, and she's on here to talk to us about it. And I'm super stoked to bring on not only somebody I look up to as a writer, but a, a freaking Birmingham native. Who would have thought that we have the talent out here for comics? So, uh, Sydney, how you doing? Hey, good, Casey. Thanks for having me. Uh, no problem. That was a terrible introduction, and it can only <laughs> go up from here. So, yeah, yeah. So, how's your day been? It's been crazy. It's been it's been good. It's been a really good day, actually. I've, I've had some cool things go my way, and uh, yeah, so things are good. All things awesome, good. <laughs> awesome. You had a good holiday. All that stuff settled down. We did. We 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 didn't do much. We kind of kept it, you know, chill. And uh, you can't. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. like uh, I saw like a a story in like three parts today, where it was my neighbor like 
I guess she'd finally gotten around to uploading a bunch of videos. She had er, pictures and videos over the weekend and it was her like, and her husband at a bar and just having a blast and being around a lot of people. And then like, she posted a picture of a positive COVID test result. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. Like that's why we stay home. Yeah. Yeah. we, (laughs) We have, we have not been those people. My, girlfriend has she is like the director of research for our infectious disease department we actually work the same place oh cool cool. so like (laughs) she's extremely militant about all things covid related which yeah we're extra safety protocol people over here and do you uh, do you you mind talking about what you do for a living because i I think it's fascinating and the bao is an awesome organization my mom in particular has used to be active in in helping for fundraising for the bao and it's they they've done a lot of good yeah it's a really great organization bao stands for birmingham aids outreach and it's an aid service organization and it's in birmingham alabama and it's one of the most respected ASOs in the country. I was sort of an, a bit naive coming into this kind of work. I'm an attorney and do sort of patient client services. And all my clients are basically patients, or they used to be. Now we're kind of drifting into LGBTQ law. So I've kind of separated myself from the HIV population a little bit. But the, the South is one of those places that is, you know, you, you think of the, the HIV issue as kind of like a, an 80s, early 90s kind of thing, or, or I did. And I was a bit naive thinking, you know, oh, that's, that's done with and we've moved on and, and kind of had my eyes open a little bit, a uh, l- little bit of my privilege shown to me. And when I got hired on, and so now HIV is, is kind of a, a Southern problem. And it's, it, you know, where you can find stigma about LGBTQ, you're going to find HIV flare-ups. So BAO is one of those kind of last, last standing organizations that's purely centered on the stopping of the spread of HIV. So it's a, a brilliant organization that does, you know, holistic care for people who are um, living with HIV. And it's, a, you know, a really cool organization. We have, you know, food boxes and legal services and social workers and clothes closets and just like the whole, spe- like nutrition and chefs and all these, like, if you can think of it, we probably have that department. And, and we've kind of ventured into research. And my girlfriend is from Michigan by way of California. And she was hired recently and came down to Old Birmingham and has been in charge of our our research uh, efforts. So, working with you know universities across the uh, country and 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 these and these efforts and endeavors and it's it's a really a really cool place. And you're right, uh, we do have really good fundraising events and stuff. We have like a, a Monday night bingo, like first of every Monday night. I've heard first that's really fun. <laughs> It's so fun. We like have drag performers come in and just, you know, haze the crowd and it's like BYOB and it's a lot of fun. And, and we have all kind of crazy events throughout the year, art parties and, and bingo lake parties. And it's, it's cool. It's, it's a great place to art. They have the annual arty party, or at least they did when my mom was, was really active. She's always 
been a, a quilter. Oh, okay. and she she auctioned off a quilt, and you know she that that's a that's an undertaking. I don't know if you've ever seen somebody do a, a quilt, but it's crazy, uh, really time consuming. And yeah. uh, she made this quilt, and they ended up auctioning uh, auctioning it off for about eight hundred bucks. Oh and she God. was just like so over the moon with uh, how you know she was able to help out with that, and yeah. and. It yeah, it just really made her happy to to be able to help. And she also used to do food delivery. Oh, cool. She had she used to work at McRae's in the nineties, which yeah. is I don't know, I guess it's a regional, it's like a department store. It used to be. And she was at the makeup counter and one of the reps that would come up eventually got sick with, with HIV uh-huh. and it hit him really hard. And that was what inspired her to oh, to wow. help out with with BAO. How cool! So yeah, yeah. So you y'all are doing the Lord's work. Y'all are doing great work, <laughs> and it, it's amazing what what you can do, especially in Alabama, which doesn't yeah. really have the the best uh, track record for being open minded and no. stuff like that, but. <laughs> Against all odds, y'all, y'all are doing great work. So that that fascinates about fascinates me about you. But more to the point, we talk to a lot of comics creators here. And not only do you have like a a, a big girl job, you're a lawyer, you get <laughs> right. shit done. You write comics, yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, in, in in addition to other stuff. But tell tell us about how that and how you got into that. What drew you to the form? So it's, well, I've always been drawn to the forum. So I've been a long time comics reader. I grew up on, you know, buying them in, at, you know, the Bruno supermarket or, you know, wherever, Western, the supermarket in our neighborhood. Oh, yeah. These readers or your listeners probably aren't too familiar with our local. <laughs> but we, you know, a, a long time read. I, I mean, I was, I've been reading them so long that I had like subscriptions and they would come in those like brown paper bags and all dented up and stuff like that and just like wrappings they weren't even bags they're like open-ended on both sides i never understood that but you know you could get them by mail and so i had i was a huge x-men girl and like loved like weirdly the punisher and just all kind of crazy stuff and read them like crazy all the way up to like college and then you know i got busy with school and studying and things like that and and didn't read them as often. I still would go down. We had a, so I went to Auburn for a little bit and we had a, Oh God. I, no, I, know, I knew it. I knew, it. I, knew it. I knew I was going to say that. I'm, that, I'm done. Twice now. Done. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> I graduated from UAB. So just, that's the second time this has happened. <laughs> so I went to Auburn and, and, there was this comic book shop called the, this is kind of a cool story. So there was this comic book shop called the comic strip there. Did you, did you know Kevin? No, I didn't. I didn't. Cause that was, that was like his, where he yeah. started. That's his yeah. origin. So I was shopping in his store as a reader and like image was breaking out back then and stuff like that. So it was like, you know, kind of like I was keeping up a little bit with what was going on and, and reading occasionally. And, you know, I, I, I had read very consistently up, and this will kind of give you a timeline of, of where I kind of checked out a little bit with my every month read. So I was reading all the X-Men and X-Factors and X-Books and Punishers all the way up to like the Inferno series. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, yeah. So, so then I, I kind of checked out and, and weirdly dove back in in college to a lot of the Dark Wars stuff because they were doing like Aliens vs. Predator and, and kind of dipping into the Star Wars inkwell and, and that kind of stuff. So it was, but you didn't have to like keep up with the ongoing stuff to know what's going on, kind of like you did with the Marvel things. Anyway, I, I was very inconsistent with my reading. And I was shopping in Kevin's store down there. And like, you know, I think every comic reader has some kind of fantasy about being involved in the creative side and how much fun that would be to just kind of play with the characters that exist and stuff. And, and I always had that kind of bucket list thing. So I read a bunch of comics over the years and, and dipped in and out and, uh, and then got married and did, did the whole thing and, and moved to England in law school for a little bit and studied. Oh, wow. over. Uh, I, yeah, well, we went to, <laughs> we went to the, yeah, we went to the courts and, and saw the wig and the, the powder wigs, but it was in Edinburgh. I, I went to university of Durham and Collingwood college in that, in that university and which is in the borderlands. It's in the Northeast. It's minor country and, and crazy and weird. But oh, wow. so I came back and like law school has this ability to sort of, I mean, think of like a, a, a piece of coal under pressure. It, it just like, if you have any kind of creative energy, it just suppresses that to such an extent because it's such a cut and dry. I mean, think of statutes, think, think of like black letter law. It's just not very conducive to creative energy release. And so that kind of just had built up inside of me. And I had this like revelation. Um, oh God, I just said revelation. I had this like epiphany, <laughs> I guess, and then wrote the revelation of Gabriel Adam. And just like, it just poured out of me and I didn't know what to do with it. So I just basically Googled, you know, what do you do when you write a manuscript? And I was like, you get an agent. And, and I did that and ended up getting an agent at Endeavor, which is a big, pretty big Hollywood um, agency. And while I was there, it merged with William Morris. And I don't know if you've ever... Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, that's big time. Yeah. So if you've ever seen the, movie, uh, the show Entourage, are you familiar with that? Tangentially. Like okay. I, I never saw it. I think more of you for not knowing. That show is about, it's about Mark Wahlberg and his agent was Ari Gold. And Ari, the real Ari was Ari Emanuel, who was the guy who started endeavor so anyway the show is about the agency and in the show there's this merger and and i went through that merger and it did not pan out well for my agent and so things just got weird and i bailed and ended up going to another agency well kevin was at william morris when they merged and he got kind of the screw into the deal too so he ended up going i think to caa and anyway we were years later when my book was coming out, I did this little bitty Comic-Con in Birmingham called the Phoenix Fest. Do you remember that? Yes. It was yes. like a blink of an eye kind of thing. A lot of heart, a lot of effort, and like, you know, not, not a lot of Not pain. much else. <laughs> right. But the first year was really cool, and they invited me to come talk on panels and do the, do the con thing. And I went and, sorry, I keep clicking that pen. I went and swung by like the 12 gauge, 12 gauge had this really cool big spread going on. And they had one of the, the Adam Baldwin, I guess, is what this, he was there. And God, there was Nate. You got to meet a Baldwin brother? Uh, yeah, but it wasn't <laughs> the real Baldwin. It was the Baldwin from Shredded. Oh, the fake Baldwin. Yes, fake, fake yes. Baldwin. Fake, 
fake um, Brett Wing Baldwin. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got all crappy. <laughs> They're all um, over the map, those Baldwins. Yeah, and uh, there's God, I can't remember his name. I think he hasn't done stuff, from, but he did like like Punisher for a little bit, where Punisher was in L.A. Nathan. God, I can't remember his name. I, I know who you're talking about. But anyway, he was there, and, and Kevin was there, and everyone, they were all just kind of talking, but they were talking about the William Morris Endeavor marker and bitching about it. And um, <laughs> I kind of saddled up to him, and I was like, oh, well, I know a little bit about that, and started running my mouth. And Kevin's like, where, you know, where are you based? And I was like, I'm here in Birmingham. He's like, I'm here in Birmingham. I was like, shut up. And so we just kind of became friends. He was married – uh, he is married. He's still, he is undivorced. He's married to this great woman who isn't particularly, she doesn't care for any of the Marvel movies or DC movies or anything like that. And at the time I, I was, the person I was with didn't care for me either. So he and I were just like, we'd always go to these films together and just like check him out and have a few beers and whatever. And like, we did that for years. And one time we were out at this awful Cajun restaurant. Well, you might be familiar with it, the Cajun steamer. Oh yeah. It, it sounds like a bowel movement. I yeah. hate the name of that restaurant. <laughs> it's, it's not great. <laughs> sounds so, like a euphemism for just a, a it, violent, it really violent <laughs> bathroom experience. It's, just, it's, it's awful. So we were at the Cajun steamer and probably had had a few too many. And I think this is like winter soldier or civil war or some, somewhere like that. And uh, he was like, you know, I've just, I've, I've been looking for, you know, something with like a female voice and blah, 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 blah. And, and uh, I was like, well, I have something. And it was Kill Body Donovan was originally a book that I'd written in between the first Gabriel Adam book and the second Gabriel Adam book. And, uh, and I never quite finished it. Like we'd sold the first book and I had a weird book deal. It was like they took the first one and then waited for the second. And when it sold well, I think they did the second and third. So I had, I had a little delay in, in that. So I, I started writing something that came out, Kill Whitey Donovan. But so I, I pitched him that and I changed the name because it was called like uh, a divine labor or something stupid and like, you know, very highbrow or something. And, and I kind of low pitched it and gave it a little action flair. And, and then <laughs> it just came off like top of my head. I was thinking of Chris Farley at the time. I was like, yeah, it's called oh, Kill Whitey. Really? <laughs> I, I swear to God. And I was like, it's called Kill Whitey. And he's like, oh my God, it's crazy. And so like he calls his agent and his manager, who's now my manager. He's like, what do you think of this? He's like, sounds like a winner. And he calls Brian Stelfries. He's like, what do you think of it? And Stelfries was like, well, <laughs> the title's, I don't know what the title is. <laughs> it all sounds crazy. I guess I'm in. So and it just kind of happened like that. I mean, it's really kind of. That's luck. awesome. So can, can we get back to the Cajun steamer? Because. Oh my God. <laughs> really, really quick. This okay. pisses me off so bad. We got beignets last time we went there. Right. And beignet is French for a little pillow or something like sure. that. I don't speak French, but that's what my wife says. And I trust her because she's really smart. It was flat and joyless. It was not a pillow. Uh -huh. it, it wasn't even like a, a footstool. It was, oh, no. it, it was like a hard lump of barely yeah. cooked dough. And I was, and they just put a little bit of powder on it and it, no bueno, as they say in France. <laughs> So that's my that's my bitch about about Cajun steamer. This place is not great. But, We're gonna get food now by Cajun. <laughs> so they have so, wonderful food. I was totally kidding. I'll eat some shrimp, but holy smokes! So this book has taken off. 
you're you're published under under Dark Horse, which is a pretty freaking big deal. And now they're wanting to adapt it. Is can you tell us a little bit about yeah, that? So, yeah, that so we we kind of came out the gate. So like I said, his first call was to his manager, who at the time was at CAA, and uh, John Levin is his name, who's now my manager, and he was just like, let's, let's get it on. Let's do this. And Verve got involved with it and, and it just became this thing. And we found a producer and a screenwriter and they, they have a take and now they're kind of just waiting to shop it around. So it's, it's, it's happening. I think the hideout pictures is, is the, the company that, that optioned it and they are, I think pretty intent to make it. So we're, we're pretty That's excited. insane. That's yeah. insane. I'm looking at the art right now to to kill Whitey and oh, oh my gosh, amazing. how good is Natalie? Nat, uh, it's it's fantastic. I really like it. And another thing that that catch just really catches me is the the colors. The colors. I knew you were going to say that. She's a brilliant colorist. And totally inspired. I know. So She's so good. I can't wait to see her career take off. I think she could do just about whatever she wanted to. Is is this your first time working with with Nat? It is, yeah. Yeah. How how did you end up pairing up with? with... So, Stelfreeze brought her to the table. Brian doesn't really take on like proteges or anything like that, and I don't know the full story behind the scenes, but she had been his protege, and he kind of took her under his wing and and you know gave her kind of an introduction to the to the format and Kevin went to Brian and was like, you know, who do you think we could do with this? And he's like, you need to give her a try. She's, she's going to be perfect for this. And so we asked her to, to show us some sequentials and some character designs. And, and I, I don't know if you've ever been to Natalie Barahona arts, I think it's art.com, but her, her website, Google Natalie Barahona, you'll find it. Yes. Yes. But, I'm on it right yeah. now, actually. There's this one painting of these two girls in snow and one has like this rifle. And we just kind of looked at that and we're like, I mean, that is like the, the essence of our story here. And it had all the attitude and all the, the, the emotion and, and character that we were looking for. And then she, you know, gave us what we were looking for again on the, uh, on the art samples. So she was just, you know, luck. I mean, she was ready to go and, and we had, we were ready to, to, to go with her. So she was brilliant. Just kind of watching her, you know, I think, I, I don't think she, she was so good. I mean, it's like everything she gave us were like, Oh my God, that's exactly what we're looking for. I can't remember like there ever being any like significant <laughs> notes that we gave her. It's just like everything she turned in was like, God, that's perfect. God, it's great. That's, that's awesome. That's One so. thing ab- about her artwork is, I see a lot of folks now who draw really pretty people. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. They, 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 it's gorgeous. It looks great. She can do that, but she can also draw people, you know, different shaped people yeah. and like people. They're who, so full of character. Like there's yes. so much character in her. They have miles on their face. They right. have, yeah. They have years and years of stuff on their face, and yeah. it, it it's so telling. It, it's really fantastic. So, you're done with with Kill Whitey Donovan, correct? Probably. Well, I mean, I have we have a I want to do another volume, and we may revisit that later. 
probably, you know, if it, if it, if it hits the screen, we'll probably do it. So, you know, I have, a, I think, a really interesting take for the second volume that probably wouldn't be too expected. So it could be cool without revisiting, like, the, the, the ground that we've tread already. So I would love to. And I think Kevin's keen to do it, too, if, 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 the, if the situation's right. So, and Natalie, too, she's, she's down for it. So Nice. So I'm to take it they go 200 years into the future. And uh, I'm just making shit up. <laughs> Dude, you're not like far off there. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm not them. Not them. It wouldn't be them, obviously, but it could be a weird. Anyway, I'm going to shut up. <laughs> it wouldn't yes. be like, no. It wouldn't be can, can you give us an elevator pitch? Like the, the people listening at home. For the second volume. No, 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 just for the first volume. I don't, I don't want you to oh spill God, the beans on anything. Yeah. So, oh, God. I'm god-awful at this. This is why I have agents and managers. I want to um, see, see books flying off shelves. I, I want to hear, yes. So, all right. Damn. <laughs> I should be way better at this. I'm so sorry to put you on this. <laughs> okay. So, Kilwadi Donovan is a sort of a feminist revenge uh, tale about kind of self-exploration and identity. So these two women kind of set off. And by the way, I'm sorry, I live right next to a train track. So oh, I'm interrupting nice. my own pitch <laughs> to warn you about the train that's about to drive by. So they, can you hear that? I can, but it's not, it's not that bad. Okay. Well, it's about to get real off. So it's, it's about, you know, self-discovery and, and identity and sort of understanding who they are in the world set against this plot to kill Whitey Donovan. Whitey Donovan's this, you know, archetype villain who's who's done this horrible thing to both girls and they're out to get revenge he's not terribly interesting but the story isn't about that so much as it is about who they are and, and and who they're to be in the world and and kind of what it takes to survive and 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 become the person they're meant to be so so the villain's basically like a plot device to get a bit, sure. to yeah. learn about that that's awesome i like that i like that that twist it's all good. And we could, we could totally cut this out. It's no big deal. Cool. We might have to, we might have to refetch. <laughs> Let's see. I'll make okay, a note. Fast. Oh yeah. It's all good. Yeah, yeah. Trains happen. Right on the tracks. We, we live out in the country. And so occasionally we'll hear a train like about like two miles down the road. Yeah. But what we will hear are our redneck neighbors on their oh, okay. four-wheelers and shooting guns off the porch. Oh, my God. Because that's, that's what happens. It is Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yes. <laughs> but what inspired you to, to take on this story? Because it, it's, it's such an interesting such an interesting take on that type of story. Yeah, I don't know. I, I get asked that a lot, and it's kind of weird I, I just get kind of thunderstruck by ideas. Um, they kind of come out of nowhere. And I don't know if it's like, cause I get inspired by you know, something I happen to see or, or whatever, but, but you know, I think the civil war and you're from Alabama. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, it is somewhat inescapable. It's hard to kind of, you know, be from the South and not have some sort of awareness of it. It kind of exists at the peripheral of, of all of our lives and, and some capacity. I mean, see these idiots with the Confederate flag all over there. Yeah. Whatever. It's just, it's a little bit, you know, ubiquitous. So I don't know. I, I wanted to kind of explore 
history to some degree. And uh, I was, I, I'm always fascinated by history. I have the Gabriel Adam books are to some degree that as well. They're an exploration of Judeo-Christian history to some degree. And I have another a screenplay that we're shopping around right now is, is, is World War II. Oh, cool. And, and it's, you know, I, I love history. So, you know, I, I did kind of want to dip into that well a little bit and do something that, I mean, look, a, a Civil War revenge flick isn't particularly an original idea, but I wanted to do something in a way that, that explored identities relative to the Civil War and relative to the South. And, and just be truthful to it as much as I was capable as a writer and, and just kind of explore it a little bit and see what, what it was about. And, you know, and it just kind of spilled out of me. I'm just imagining you going through like a crazy deep dive on history and all that other stuff. And I'm like, especially knowing your background as a lawyer. I was like um, looking up what the weather was for, <laughs> I swear to God, <laughs> around, you know, uh, Sherman's invasion of Atlanta. Cause that's kind of the area and the space that this was happening. And I mean, I, I was looking up farmer almanacs and things like that. Oh, nice. Everything right that I could for, for the area and the space and the time and, and, and that event, I, you know, I took some artistic liberty, but I mean, I, I, I love that kind of stuff. I love kind of diving in and, and uh, learning about it as much as writing about it. So it was, it was fun. I enjoyed it. Nice. Nice. I, I'm a bit of a history nerd myself and totally go into like spirals where like that's all I'm wanting to like read about and listen to podcasts on. <laughs> I'll be talking to my wife about it and she'll just look at me like, can you <laughs> literally talk about anything else right now right. <laughs> so. yeah it's 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 fun i mean it's i love it it's so weird because i was i don't think i was too drawn to it as a kid growing up but i, I really have been looking backwards i feel like for the most of my adult life kind of learn about where we've been and where we're coming from i guess so so when you're writing do you have like a a method that you use or like a i don't you, you um, just kind of slapdash whenever it hits you. Well, no, I mean, kind of. It it. So if if I am writing about a particular time or something that's historically based or factually based, then I do do a lot of like research and and learn about stuff and kind of put myself in the in the framework of it. And then you know, as I'm learning from that, I usually have ideas develop or spark out of that and just kind of. And then you know think of characters and, and what life would be like in that time. And, and they just kind of formulate out of, you know, those elements that, that I discover, or, you know, I, I might just have some stupid idea. Like, you know, what if, you know, X went to Y and Z happen. And then I, I try and think of what might be a cool place that that might happen. What might be a good time that that might happen. So not all of my stuff is, is historically based. I have a couple of other things that I'm working on that is contemporary, but I mean, it, it's weird. I, I, I couldn't even begin to explain how inspiration and the muse works. I have no idea. It, I wish I could <laughs> because I would, I would definitely cultivate that and, and try to make it something more consistent. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it just kind of like happens. I had a weird week last week where I had like three solidly good ideas that I was just grabbing pen and paper and just trying to get them down as fast as I can. And I'm going to go back and flushes out and see which ones aren't awful 
But yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's feast and famine with ideas, I think, sometimes. Because, you know, I was, I'd been in a space right before last week where I was just like, God, I, I don't even know where I would go after this. I have no idea what could be next. And, you know, I have other publishers who are kind of reaching out saying, hey, we might be interested in working with you if, if you have anything. I'm like, God, I have nothing. <laughs> so, it, <laughs> so it's, you know, it, I don't know. I don't know how it works. I'm thankful that it hasn't shut off inside of me yet and that I'm, I'm still coming up with stuff that is at least interesting to me. I have no idea if anyone else gives a shit about, <laughs> about what I'm writing. But, you know, I start with me first and then hope that others have similar tastes. So... When you write, do you do you listen to music or have TV on or anything like that? Or is um, it like Sydney a, has to be focused? A little bit. No, I, I do like a bit of a – I write in coffee shops a lot. I like okay. a bit of commotion happening. Sometimes I'll – I used to love to write too. I think I wrote the entire Gabriel Adams series set to like Hans Zimmer <laughs> soundtracks <laughs> and, and like movie soundtracks, stuff like that. I, I – I love that kind of stuff. Movie soundtracks are great. So, you know, I don't know. It, it's a little bit of everything, but I, you know, and then sometimes silence works as well. I, I don't, I'm not really good with like, I, I, you know, I hear all these writers and they're like, here's, here's what you need. And, you know, here's why I do work and here's why I find my blah, 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 blah. And I don't, that doesn't work for me. I just kind of go with the flow a little bit. Mm-hmm. One thing that I do find that, that is helpful is reading a little bit in the genre or in the medium that you're writing. So if I'm doing a comic book, I might read a couple of comics before okay. sitting down. If I'm, you know, trying to get in the headspace of a book, I might, you know, read a few chapters of a book. Same with screenplay. I don't know why that happens. It's not like, you know, I think it just puts my brain in that sort of mode. Cause I am writing in a lot of different mediums and it, and it is kind of, Writing for a medium just means you're, you're aspiring to a certain rhythm of telling yeah. a story. And, and it's kind of easier to get into that rhythm when you're reading. First of all, it's always good. I think it always makes you a better writer to, to read. So I do think it's helpful. So maybe that's my one thing is I read a little bit and then dive in. Kind of reset I think your brain. From, if you've ever read On Writing by Stephen King, it's, it's a must read. But I think, I think I got that from there. I think that's what he does. I think he reads for like 30 minutes and then dives in. Nice, nice. So that's one, that's one book I've, I've actually had on my list. Oh, no, you got to. I'll have to yeah, check yeah. it out. Uh, what, what do you do to take yourself out of, like to disconnect? Because you, you can't always be producing. You can't always, yeah. you know be spitting stuff out or, or reading for research you have to do something to enjoy otherwise yeah. like life is just work <laughs> <laughs> well you know i i have a plethora of different hobbies and things i still play soccer to some degree i'm i, I try and stay athletic and exercise i have my kids and that's oh yeah that's, yeah. A, that's a, a whole different <laughs> that's a whole different thing but that's that's a big distraction to some degree is my kids and you know in a relationship and we watch documentaries all the time and all kind of stuff and you know you just you try to be a person in the world i think i'm pretty social pretty outgoing so you know just live as much as you can and do the things that you like to do and play guitar and whatever 
just just have kind of fun with that and anything you can to take your see like I, I write to take my mind off of things that I do at work and then I, <laughs> it's sort of this like cascade and then like a play to take my thing my mind off of like the writing and then I do work to get serious, take my mind off the play. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's like this endless circle of life. And, I don't know, for whatever reason, it works, I guess. But. So but with that in mind, how do you kind of, is, is there a way that you kind of achieve a balance or is it just spinning plates? <laughs> yeah, you know, I think I have some, some level of, of balance and it just takes work. You know, it, it, it takes, takes effort and, and knowing that, you know, different part of your life needs attention at different times and just kind of being aware of that. And, and, uh, and also not taking what you do too seriously. Obviously the, the, the lawyer stuff is, is very serious what I do for clients, but it's com- is compartmentalized, I think, to some degree at work. I might take a little bit of it at home sometimes, but you just try and have boundaries with that stuff. And, and then the writing stuff is, is, is something I love to do. So it, I don't, I take it seriously, but I don't, I don't overdo it with that. I, it, I try to keep a, a healthy context of writing in life. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I, I get kind of like you tugged on the shirt for, for herbal tea. And, and that's what really important. <laughs> And when that happens, you, you have to go, of course, baby, I'm going to make Of course you do. <laughs> of course you do. Yeah. So, so is there anything you have coming up that you want to, that you want to talk about? God, you know, you I, know about? there, there's a lot of stuff and I have to be that douchebag writer who just says, well, I can't talk about it right now. Cause I can't talk about it right now, but I oh, do, no, no, no. <laughs> I do have stuff coming up with some really cool people, just like dream people that I've worked with that, that, you know, have have been amazing. I can't believe them. they know my name. So really exciting stuff. And I think 2021 is going to be a, a pretty good year. The the Gabriel Adam trade comes out, I think in uh, April. Oh, nice. I think April. Yeah. It's April or February. I think it's April. So we'll have that out for the first time. Um, that's, that's a YA book. What, what reader, what, like what are around what age? I'm sorry, not Gabriel Adam. I meant Kill Whitey. Sorry. Oh yeah, I yeah. was I was so, wondering why you called it a trade. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm an idiot. Yeah, so the Kill Whitey stuff comes out. So and that got delayed because of COVID. Oh so yeah, we're, we're excited to have that out. Kevin's I think pretty excited about it. And then I have some other cool stuff happening this year. So uh, I was really concerned that <laughs> I would be like a one and done, but I, I I think it just it was one and delayed. So, but I think everyone kind of deal with that. Well, I'm totally stoked for, for you and, and looking forward to seeing what else you, you come up with. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. I'm just thrilled that I get to do it and happy that it's been received well. And I love comics people. So that I'm right. My, my element here, this, you know, people like you and, and, you know, everyone else that I've met have just been the greatest. So. Well, it's, it's, I really like talking to, to creators and, you know, kind of picking their brain and seeing what motivates them and makes them want to do what they do. And it's just, it's just a fun way to spend an hour in the evening every yeah. now and then. So Definitely is. <laughs> what, what has been inspiring you lately? Oh man. Hmm. Inspiring. I don't know. I think there's a lot of perseverance happening in, in the world right now. And 
you know, the stuff that I'm, I'm trying to write right now, I think is bending towards the optimistic. So I think it's, I think what's inspiring to me is, you know, probably what's inspiring to a lot of people right now is that there are a lot of stories of people who've gone through some really awful things and have come out of it or, you know, taken a hit or taken a loss and, and they're thriving still or, or, you know, coming out of the, the darkness that's been basically 2020. So I think, you know, I, I'm inspired by the people that are around me, I think in my life right now, friends and family. I've, I've, I've had friends just go through some horrible stuff this year and, you know, just seeing kind of the, the goodness of humanity and the people that are close to me. And I'm just kind of grasping at that, holding that close and, and finding some, some joy in that. And, and, you know, occasionally a little art in that too. So, you know, friends and family, they're just, I'm I'm holding them close. I think probably closer than I have in a long time, probably because I can't actually hold them close. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. With, Um, with COVID and everything, it's, we haven't, my kids have been like the boy in the bubble and they, they've been, you know, locked in. We haven't really done anything. My wife and I haven't gone out to eat at a restaurant. We've like done takeout like crazy. Don't get me wrong. But we haven't like sat down anywhere just because we have to help out her great grandparent or her grandparents rather fairly regularly. And they're in their eighties and I don't want to be the reason that, you know, they get sick. So trying to stay safe so grandma and grandpa like a mile down the road will not get sick and also i still have to go to work every so hard we're hard right now and i think a lot of people are are really sort of rising about that and that's you know that's hopeful yeah yeah so we're gonna we're gonna get through this 2021 i'm looking forward to it I'll keep my fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And oh my God, I've been I've been like all day looking at the the Georgia the I'm Georgia polls. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm just just ready to get it over with. I'm ready for these dumbasses to. Ugh. Oh my God, that's so awful. So, yeah, Sydney, it has been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for uh, for chatting with me. And I look forward to to seeing what you're doing in the future. And hopefully I'll see you out at a con eventually if those ever happen again. Listen, we're going to have to bait you into Birmingham. Kevin and I go grab a, oh, a beer one day. I in the future. Totally grab a beer with y'all. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm just like 20 minutes down the road. And cool. I actually work right next to Sloss Furnace. So. Oh my God, that's where I am. What are you talking yeah. about? Oh yeah, yeah. That's, where, that's not too far away from the BAO. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I work uh, for a medical company right behind. Okay. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. I shoot stuff at lasers all day. <laughs> Lots well, of fun. Cool. <laughs> well, Sydney, it's been a pleasure. Have a good one. And y'all don't hesitate to check out Kilwadi Donovan and uh, Sydney Duncan. Thank you again. It's been such a pleasure having you on. Thanks, Casey. It was a blast. All right. Be well. Wash your hands and I'll... I'll Catch you later. Cheers. Thanks. Take it easy. Bye. And we're back. That's right. We are back. Back in the saddle again. Well, (laughs) I hope you guys really, really enjoyed that as much as we did. 
making it for you. And if you liked what you heard and you want to hear more, you got to go check out SpoilerVerse.com because at SpoilerVerse.com, we have a plethora. Plethora is such a, it's such a snobbish word. <laughs> I like it, though. <laughs> it's, it's a good word. <laughs> we have an obscene amount of oh, interviews obscene. with amazing directors and artists of all walks of life and editors and writers and oh my god are you a lover of comic books like we are and then there's so many. so many amazing people from the comic book world over at spoilerverse.com and I highly implore you to go there and check it out yeah and while you're there you can check out all the other podcasts on our network like Bridges and Geekdoms and Funny Book Forensics and Haphazard Adventures and Nerds from the Crypt and so many more Misery Point Radio episodes all the time Misery Point Radio has got a ton of great stuff out there go check all of them out and Check out all of the reviews and previews and articles we have going up every single day for you. Every day on Spoilerverse.com for you to check out, to read, and to love, and to like, and to comment. We have a store link. You want to help support the site? You do it two ways. One, go to our Patreon, which is at patreon.com slash country, Or go to our store link in the middle of the site there and get a t-shirt, a face mask, a hoodie, something. Look fly as hell and help support the site when you do that because we get a dollar or two. And, you know, maybe you want to talk to us. If you do, you can do it you know, obviously on all the socials. But if you go to scpod.us slash discord, you can join our public discord server and come chat with us all day long. I couldn't say it better myself, dude. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You just mouthed out a ton of information at once. And really, <laughs> I hope you guys enjoy what you're hearing because we're, we're working our butts off to bring it to you. We are. We are. I guess there's only one left thing. One left thing? Yeah. I'm going to go with it. There's only one left thing left to do. What's that? In an oceans of podcasts, we are Cthulhu. As Cthulhu compels you to do, open the mind. And read more.